The key to having an open mindset is that we simultaneously have a soft front. We're just able to take in the ideas and suggestions of others, right? Mm -hmm. If we are in, for example, implementation mode, we may not have the time and the resources to fully absorb all of the new information. But if we close ourselves off to it, we're going to hinder our future success. Right. So there's times where, where we just have to move forward. But if we simultaneously become closed, then we're, we're also hindering our future success, our future growth and development. Right. Welcome to the Leaders of Tomorrow podcast. My name is Chris Thompson, your host of the show and the head coach of the Student Works Management Program. This is a show dedicated to young and ambitious entrepreneurs and ultimately the leaders of tomorrow. Each week, we will bring you an inspiring interview or message to help you create the future you know you deserve. Let's get started. Hey, leaders. Really excited today. I just had a fantastic conversation with Ryan Gottfriedson. He is the best-selling author of Success Mindsets. Um, and funny enough, he uh, actually ran a similar business that actually spawned outside of our business, the student works business. He ran with College Pro in Utah uh, a number of summers ago. So it was really wonderful. He really knows the world that a number of our leaders live in. And so he has a great test on ryangottfriedson.com. Um, and you can go and do this test, uh, ryangottfriedson.com and or profile to sort of see where you sit as your mindset. Okay. And really, we believe mindset drives behavior. Mindset drives behavior and success in, in your world and in your life as a leader. We're going to dig into why that happens, what limiting mindsets are, and what powerful mindsets are, and he's going to set them up. They've studied them over 30 years in different industries and, and spaces. And uh, please listen, then go do the assessment. I'll love to see where you've assessed. And then let's go digging in and sort of become aware of what is holding us up. How can we make more progress? We do a lot of work in the Student Works Management Program on mindsets. I'm really excited to see how this can develop and move our mindsets further. So thanks to Ryan on our Leaders of Tomorrow podcast. And so you know what I'm up to is I'm up to making an enormous contribution in the space of developing leaders. Okay, so that's my purpose uh, and what I've been doing for decades. And so my request, I'm doing all this work as, a, as just a free giveaway, but my request is if you know of any amazing young leaders who want to make a real difference in their life and learn about how to have a powerful life as a leader, we are in the middle or we are just starting a recruiting process for the 2020 season. And so please send me anybody you're, you know who would be interested across Eastern Canada to chris at leaderspodcast.ca. They could go directly to leaderspodcast.ca slash apply. Thanks so much and have an unbelievably fantastic day. So Ryan, welcome to the Leaders of Tomorrow podcast. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Fantastic, fantastic. You know what, I was just sharing uh, before the pod just uh, about some of the books that you referred to in the in the book that I read, and then I actually read your book. I just I loved it, and I really really love what you're up to. 
Hey, thanks. Yeah, I love what I vote too, but I'm biased. So. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Well, we're definitely swimming in the same water. Okay, so we are. We in our organization, we spend a bunch of time on mindsets and successful mindsets. But why don't we go back? What got you interested in writing about mindsets and learning about mindsets? Yeah, I appreciate you asking. And I don't know about you, if you can relate to me, but when I first learned about mindsets. The way that I thought about it is kind of this fluffy concept that is kind of what's your state of mind? Let's have a positive mindset. Yeah. And and all that sounds great. And there's a lot to that that is correct. But how I came and stumbled upon mindsets is I did my dissertation on leadership when I was at Indiana University. And what I learned from that is the last 70 years of leadership research is primarily focused on answering one question. And that is, what do leaders need to do to be effective? And I think it's a great question to ask and a great question to answer, but it just didn't sit very well with me because it seems a little short-sighted because leadership isn't just about doing the things. It's not about checking off boxes. It's about being. And so for the last seven years, my journey has been, how do you tap into the being element of leadership? Yeah. And everything's taken me to mindsets because what I've learned is that our mindsets aren't this fluffy concept, nope. but they're literally neural connections in our brain that serve as mental lenses that shape how we view the world. Yeah. And how we view the world shapes how we think, how we learn, and how we behave, and therefore how successfully we operate within it. And so if we can awaken to our mindsets, we're empowering ourselves to improve our being at our most foundational level. I love that. I love that. I I know for me, I think probably mindsets, I first got introduced to mindsets. I was an elite swimmer and I, I actually was very lucky. I, I swam with three national level coaches. And wow. so they would coach on, you would swim your race in your mind and literally, and not that I got that good, but literally people could go and, and they want to finish in 50 seconds. They'd finish in 50 seconds in their mind. Go, wow. And the, again, the, the mindset that you would need to do. And then I see, saw it impacting my races. So I came from the experience of, oh, I got better. And by being in that space, it made a difference. And so that's, that's, that's how I, I, I learned about mindsets. Yeah. So what you're talking about is the power of visualization, of creation. Yeah in the mind before the creation in terms of its tangible result, And I think that's really important to learn. In terms of kind of my approach to mindsets is that when we, depending upon the mindsets, that yeah. shapes how we see and process the world. Okay. So for example, and I'm sure we'll dive into this, if we've got a fixed mindset yes, and we don't believe that we can learn, grow, and improve, we have a tendency to see challenges as being risky. Yes. And we're inclined to avoid those because a challenge is ripe for failure. And to somebody who doesn't believe that they can improve, the last thing that they want to experience is failure. Right. But those with the growth mindset, when they're not concerned about being seen as a failure and instead are focused on learning and growing, they see challenges as opportunity. Right. And so it's this mental lenses. And for most of us, our mindsets operate non-consciously is we have these mindsets and how we see the world is just automatically how we process. Yes. And then depending upon how we, how we see the world, process the world, we're going to behave differently. And what we've got to do is we've just got to awaken to these non-conscious drivers 
that are dictating how we see process and behave in the world. Yeah. So why don't we do this? One one good thing for our pod might be to sort of say, hey, let's let's work through the four four mindsets. So fixed versus growth. And one thing that I'm really interested in as well is is you know we'll do this after. But okay, so here I am. I've become aware. And and one one thing that we both know is or we all know, our leaders know listening, is once we become aware of things, then we can start to change them. But we can also talk about what have you found that really makes a difference to change them. But so fixed in growth. So that's the first base of your your mindsets. The next one then, Brian. Yeah, the next, and all of these aren't just my good ideas. This is backed by 30 plus years of, of research across psychology, education, management, and marketing. And so the we've talked about fixed in growth. The next is closed, which is on the negative side, and open, which is on the positive side. So we're looking at a continuum that ranges from negative to positive, and our mindsets are going to fall somewhere along these continuums. So those that have a closed mindset, they're close to the ideas and suggestions of others. Mm-hmm. Open mindset are those that are open to others' ideas and suggestions. And it's led me to ask the question, well, what would lead somebody to be closed-minded? Well, and what I what we kind of know is that those that are closed-minded, the reason why they're close to other ideas is because at a foundational level, they believe that what they know is best. Right. So when I believe that what I know is best, I don't need any other information. Another an analogy that is helpful is we can if we compare our mind to a bucket, our bucket is full. What I know is best, our bucket is full. What happens if we pour something into a full bucket? Nothing gets absorbed. It just runs off the side. So when we have this full bucket, our primary focus is on being right. And we want to have our ideas supported. And so we generally shut down different perspectives and different viewpoints. Those with an open mindset, they may have a lot in their bucket. They may know a lot, but they're just leaving some room for the idea that they could be wrong. Mm -hmm. And when we leave that room, now when we pour something into it, we can take it in and absorb it. The difference is that when we have a closed mindset, our focus is on being right. When we have an open mindset, our focus is on finding truth and thinking optimally. Yes. And then when we when we have that mindset, then we're not shutting down the perspectives of others. We're taking them in. Not that we have to run with them. We just need to take them in, roll them around, pick out what is best for us, and then run with them. Absolutely. And just find out, you know, always be looking, do I have the right answer? Do I have the right answer? Is this the right path? Is this the right investment decision? Is this the right course of action? Right. And always being open. Can you have too open a a mindset? So it's a good question. I think you could take anything that's positive to the extreme and and it could be detrimental to you. So I think the key is, and what's helpful for me is we can always have a stiff back right? We need to have morals and standards that that we stand up for. We can always have a stiff back. The key to having an open mindset is that we simultaneously have a soft front. We're just able to take in the ideas and suggestions of others, right? Mm -hmm. If we are in, for example, implementation mode, we may not have the time and the resources to fully absorb all the new information. But if we close ourselves off to it, we're going to hinder our future success. Right. So there's times where, where we just have to move forward. But if we simultaneously become closed, then we're, we're also hindering our future success, our future growth and development. Right. And sometimes in working with teams as well, I can imagine a best practice might be, hey, teams, 
we don't have the opportunity to really be flexible on this. We've made a decision, we're moving forward. And at the end of it, we'll come back and we'll go and assess, was this the right path? And in the future, we'll move it. You know, so even just sort of talking about sometimes you need to close down and move forward, make a decision, and we're open to progress in the future, you know? So I'm a former Gallup consultant, which means that I would go into organizations and assess employee engagement. Yes. And Gallup has a a survey. It's called the Q12. It's 12 different questions that used to assess engagement. There's one question, and Gallup will never answer this, but I've got some insider data. Uh, But there's one question that drives engagement more strongly than, than all of the others. And that question is, do my opinions at work count? Yeah. If they could strongly agree to that, so they give a five on a five-point scale, 95% of employees are engaged. Yeah. So what this means is when our voice is valued, we are valued and therefore we're engaged. So what is critical is not necessarily that we're running with other people's ideas, but we're just willing to allow them to bring their ideas forward. And Google did a massive study called Project Aristotle designed to figure out what makes their top performing teams top performing. And they found that the number one factor that drove their top performing teams was psychological safety. The belief that you could speak up and take risk without fear of negative repercussion. And the only way we can have psychological safety is if people feel like their voice matters. No, I remember seeing that data and actually sending it out to our district manager team a number of years. Some of the personalities in the room were really, really big at the time. And I don't think they were consciously aware of sometimes they'd shut stuff down. So it was like, okay, here's a way. Do you see this? You know, let's again, leave room, right? Because, and again, it's, it's again, that, that, that strength that sometimes that power can be power poorly used, right? And, oh, I'm open, I'm open, but I'm not open, right? Like that, that's something a lot of times people are un, not really aware that they're closed, really. Yeah, so when you mention strong personalities, and I think that's a great way to phrase it, but oftentimes if we are somebody that has a strong personality, what we're actually communicating in the strength of our personality is that at a very foundational level, we are in self-protection mode. Yeah. We, we And we're adamant about doing what we think is best, which is generally for ourselves. So yes. when, to go back to the two mindsets we're focused on, if we have a fixed mindset, our desire is to look good. When we yes. have a closed mindset, our desire is to be right. Yes. But when we look at the opposite of that, the opposite of instead of a desire to look good, we have a desire to learn and grow. Yes. Instead of a desire to be right, we have a desire to think optimally and find truth. Like, just I don't know about you, but even when you present oh, yeah. it that way, to me, that desire to learn and grow and the desire to think optimally and find truth, it's just like a softening oh, yeah. of that personality. Yes. And we're we're heading in a better direction that is more about advancing the organization than just kind of present preserving ourselves in the space that we're playing in. Yeah, no. And as well, like being right is tough to live your life in because, you know, I'm not right all the time. That's not my goal. But to learn and grow every day, I can learn and grow. Right. Like every day. There's just there's no timeline. There's no horizon. It just keeps going out. I can keep getting better. And there's just a lot more freedom in that space, isn't there? 
Well, it is, but it, it's easier said than done because the majority of the organizations I work with have more of a fixed mindset than a growth mindset. And this is across the board from bottom to top. Yeah, uh, I generally find that. And that's compared to my larger database of 10,000 people who have taken my mindset assessment. And so in terms of our upbringing, I think that we are socially incentivized to have a fixed mindset. Right. So for example, when we look at our education systems, what is the general focus? The best grades, grades. or learning? Grades, right? 100%. Is, is it the yeah. outcomes or is it the drivers of those outcomes? And when we get focused on those outcomes, then we're generally being pulled more into these negative mindsets and we're less inclined to learn and grow. So when we've got sales reps that are out there, you know, if, if you've got interns that are signing up for the summer, and I know because I was essentially yes, one of them. That's right. Is at the end of the day, you want money in your bank account so that you don't have to work the rest of the year yeah. right? or something along those lines. That was exactly. my mindset. Yeah. And so I was more focused on the dollars hitting my bank account than I was about learning and growing. And I will say the number one thing that I regret about my experience, because I, I had my manager say to me, after every estimate that you do, journal about it. Yes. Write down what went well, what didn't go well. And I never did it mm -hmm. because I didn't care about, ultimately, I didn't care about learning and growing. Yeah. I cared about the outcome. And if I didn't get the outcome, well, I better knock on more doors in order to get that outcome, not improve myself. Yeah. And, and so that was a huge, I look back, I mean, that was my fixed mindset at play. Yeah. And my mind just didn't even let me get to the point where, hey, you can actually get better at this. Yeah. It's going to take some work and some effort. No, it's great. And and by the way, just so everyone knows, Ryan Ashley was an intern with College Works Painting, a spinoff of our business years ago, run by by a group of amazing guys. And it's really fun how small a world it is. That's <laughs> yeah. the space. And and so one, we do so much mindset work in our training, and and that's something that we do. We're really really fixed on. Okay, how do we get better? How do we get better? So sixty estimates in, or another year in, and another year in. This is how much better I get. So having people really buy into you know, growing me is, is the best method methodology. And, and, you know, I, I used to always share if I made $4,000 more in my first or second or third year operating this business, would it really have made a difference? No. But what did make a difference was learning so much like yeah. that's, and, and so trying to get that perspective, but, but like you said, it's, it's breaking down those fixed mindsets. We'll get to that next though. So prevention yep. and promotion, that's the next mindset. Right. Yeah. And then when we're on the prevention mindset side, we're primarily focused on not losing. Yes. When we are on the promotion side, we're focused on winning. And I think a great analogy to play this out is if we imagine we're a ship captain in the middle of the ocean and we have a prevention mindset, our number one focus is on not sinking. Mm -hmm. So we don't want any problems to occur. We don't want to take any risks. We don't want to rock the boat. But when a storm comes on the horizon, and we have this prevention mindset, and so our focus is on not sinking. What do you think our natural reaction is going to be to the storm approaching us? Run away, maybe? I, exactly. I, yeah. We're just going to run away. We're going to go to a place of safety. But we've got to ask ourselves, is that place of safety the destination we originally set out? Uh, good point. Probably not, right? Yeah. So those are the promotion mindset. It's not... I mean, they're also concerned about sinking, but that's not their number one priority. Their number one priority is on a destination and making progress towards it. And so when that storm comes on the horizon, they don't run from it. 
they ask themselves, does that stand between me and my destination? And if the answer is yes, rather than, again, run from it, they prepare for the storm and they yeah. become willing to take the risks to brave the winds and the currents of the sea in order to get to their destination. Mm-hmm. So effectively, those with the prevention mindset end up going about the, the course of least resistance. Yes. It's those with a promotion mindset that end up in the destination of their own proactive design. For sure, for sure. And then also seeing even those winds, those storms actually be a gift, right? You know, God's given us a gift, right? Like, you know, I I share often, but my spouse came working with us and our business tripled in size and is so much better. But trust me, there is an enormous challenge on our interpersonal relationship, okay? And now we can call it a gift and we've made enormous interpersonal development, but it was a real challenge and that was a storm for us. It was a real, it was a real challenge. And on the other hand, when we were in the middle of it, certainly I was, I was going, okay, I'm showing up as not who I need to be all the time. I've got an opportunity for growth. This is where we want to go. Clearly I need her help. She's doing so much, so much great work. Here's some opportunities for us to figure out how to work better together. You know? Mm -hmm. So yeah, it's, it's, it's really fascinating how you, how you frame things, right? Yeah. Because when you're kind of, in this port and you're just looking out and there's maybe a reef that's that's preventing the waves from reaching you. You look out at those waves out there and think, man, that is scary, but it's yeah. really comfortable here. And if you could develop the courage to get over the, those waves and that initial breaker, what you realize, and this is for me, is, hey, these waves aren't as scary as I thought. In fact, yeah. they kind of bring life to yes. your journey yeah, absolutely. because there's going to be ups and downs. And so what I've learned is I have shifted from a prevention to a promotion mindset is I've just got to learn to enjoy the journey. As if I've got a why behind me that's prevent, pre- propelling me towards my destination, no matter if it rains or if it's sunny, yeah. I've just got to, I've just got to learn to enjoy the journey. No, for sure. For sure. And and I can see as well, just in your career path, you were sharing in your book, you know, some, some things just know, here's what it is doing some of the things that you've done, taking on the risks that you've done. But, you know, I can tell the big smile on your face, you're enjoying what you're doing, right? You know, where, you know, maybe some other courses of actions, oh, I'm getting paid, I'm feeding my kids, and I'm not very happy, right? That's how people get that, right? In their yep. lives. Yeah. So the big difference is if we have a prevention mindset, we're generally comfort focused. When we have a promotion mindset, we're purpose focused. And you can imagine who's going to live a more fulfilling life. Yes. Yeah. Being purpose focused. So yeah, no, I, I, that's awesome. So inward and outward, that's the fourth uh, focus. Yeah. So this is the last set. So when we have an inward mindset, we see ourselves as more important than others. Mm-hmm. And when we see ourselves as more important than others, we have a tendency to see others as objects. Okay. When we have an outward mindset, we see others as being just as important as ourselves. And when we see them in this way, then we see them as people and we value them as such. And I, I don't know about you, but for me, and you're up in the great north. <laughs> we are. So, but I, I imagine you're cued into some of the news here in the States. Yes, yes, but, I yes. But this just hits home for me because what, what's going on is is we're talking about police brutality, right? And and we don't have to just look at brutality as when it comes from police officers, but anytime when somebody is being brutal to another person, well-intended or not, by its very nature, we have to be seeing that other person as an object or else we would never do it. 100%. 
it would not be possible to kneel on someone for nine minutes and not get that that this is a person you know i'm not getting that this is a person to be able to do that 100 yeah. like there's a there's a missing space yeah so it's it, this is one that shapes our relationships no matter what we're doing whether it's family whether it's work whether it's meeting with a client we need to see them as people mm -hmm. because if we just see them as a dollar sign yeah. we're seeing them as an object yes we need to see them as people and the more that we see them as purple people, the better that we could serve them and add value to their lives. And who gets business over the long term? Oh, for sure. Those that add value to the lives of other people, not yeah. the people who use them just for their short-term money. Yeah. And also as well, there's no question as well that you, like people are pretty smart. Like there's that intuition, that spidey sense, right? This, this person just doesn't seem to, you know, like, or, or you just get this thing, this person just overpowering with interest for me. And, you know, it's, it's just, they're really interested in me. They're interested in helping me. I just get that by being with them. And maybe there isn't a deal now, but later on, oh yeah, I want to work with this person, right? Like that's yep. where that space is, right? You know, sort of, uh, and we know in, in, in the box and out of the box, Arbinger Institute, right? Yep. <laughs> yeah. I love the Arbinger Institute. And now some of that phrasing, if you know it, it just helps these concepts come up, come to life a little bit. Exactly. Exactly. So, and one of the things I want to get back to it, cause you said it earlier is all of the mindsets that you've, you've done is based on study, like over a long, long period of time. So maybe you can just, again, get the leaders tuned into that. It's not just, it's not, these aren't just your ideas, right? Uh, obviously they, they're, they are your ideas and your book and stuff, but they're based on lots of studies, correct? Yeah. It, all of these four sets of mindsets have been studying in different disciplines. Mm -hmm. So fixed and growth is largely studied in the ed education literature. Open and close is largely studied in the psychology literature. Prevention and promotion is more on the management literature. And, and inward and outward is more based upon Arbinger's work that they've done in the practical oh. space. Okay. And so mm -hmm. all of these mindsets have existed for the last 30 years and they've, they've been studied and honed in on just in isolation from each other. All I've done is just brought these together into one framework. Right. So that allows us to deepen our self-awareness in terms of how am I seeing the world and are the lenses that I'm using the most effective lenses for me Right. in, in terms of, uh, of the success that I'm seeking in my life. Hey, leaders. I hope you're enjoying this episode so far. Since we started this podcast, every person you've heard from has been one of the incredible alumni of the Student Works Management Program. In large part, that's how I got to meet these amazing people and participate in their development. Starting now and only for the next few weeks, we'll be on campuses across Ontario, Quebec, and the East Coast, interviewing students who think they have what it takes to start their first business and get started down the path of entrepreneurship. If you think you have what it takes or know someone who might be interested, visit leaderspodcast.ca slash apply and start your application process today. Once again, it's leaderspodcast.ca slash apply. Now back to the episode. So leaders, what I've done, by the way, again, Ryan came, came to us or Ryan's people came to me and sort of said, Hey, I think you might be interested. And I was like, yes, I'm interested. I know our leaders will be interested in hearing this. Then I read the book. Okay. Well, I listened to it on audible, but I re read the book. And then I went and did the, uh, 
the program or sorry, the, the profile and, mindset, and assessment, the yeah. mindset assessments. And then, so how can people, given they're not where they want to stand, how can they make progress? Yeah, great question. So I think that shifting our mindsets isn't too different than learning how to count to 10 in a different language. Okay. So, for example, my guess is you come across uh, people that speak French quite a yes. bit. Right? <laughs> yes. So I know zero French. And yeah. if I wanted to learn how to count to 10 in a different language, my first step is I need to learn the words associated with the numbers. Okay. So in terms of mindset speak, we need to put labels on these different mindsets and understand what they are. That's the first step. And that's largely what we've been doing with this podcast. Right. Well, then the next step becomes if I want to learn how to count to 10 in France and I know the words associated with the numbers, I just need to practice this. Uh, not a ton, right? Yeah. Five or 10 minutes a day. And in the course of three, four, five weeks, I will become fluent in counting to 10 in French. And so the same thing goes with our mindsets. We've got to understand what they are. and then. We need to engage in interventions that will activate and strengthen our positive mindset neural connection because that's what they are. They're these neural connections. And each of us has a fixed mindset neural connection and each of us has a growth mindset neural connection. The one that we rely upon primarily in our processing is the one that is stronger right. because it fires loudly and more rapidly. Okay. So if our fixed mindset neural connection is stronger, what we've got to do is we've got to hit the gym for our growth mindset neural connection. We've got to exercise it. The more we exercise and use it, the more we'll, more and more we'll come to rely upon it when we're processing information. So can I give you an example? Yes, absolutely. Of something that I've done? Definitely. So I used to have a really strong prevention mindset. Mm -hmm. It was, I, I just wanted to avoid problems. I felt like if I avoided problems, I was living a good life. Yes. And I realized, hey, well, let me give you some examples of this is, one, I never wanted to be an entrepreneur because mm -hmm. I saw it as being too risky. I never wanted to take on any debt. I, I graduated with my bachelor's and PhD without taking on any debt. Crazy. Because yeah. I, it just seemed way too scary to me. Yeah. And I got to a point in my life uh, several years ago where I, I just realized my life is not where I wanted it to be. Right. And right at this time is, is I met a guy. His name is Charles Antis. I talk about this in my book. But he's a CEO that's here in the area. And he hands me this book that I'm showing you here, which is the five, the minute, five journal. minute journal. And he says, this book is going to change your life. And I said, you know, outwardly, I'm like, oh, yeah, thanks. I love books. Inwardly, I'm thinking, there's no way in hell I'm journaling. Like, this is not happening. I'm not a journal, <laughs> right? I never journaled about my sales stuff when I was. Yes, why would I start here? Yeah. Like, yeah, why would I start now? So I opened it up. And sure enough, it's about meant to be five minutes in the morning and five minutes at night. So in the morning, it invites me to ask the questions. What are three things I'm grateful for? What would make today great? Three things that would make today great. Fill in some daily self-affirmations. And then at night, what are three amazing things that happened today? And how could I have made today even better? Awesome. And as I started to do this, to me, this was my small intervention on a daily basis that activated my promotion mindset neural connection. Because as I asked myself, how do I make today great? What amazing things happened today? I started getting the mindset of how do I make today better than yesterday? Right. How do I make this week better than last week? What is my purpose? Where am I going? And so this served as me hitting my gym on a daily basis. And upon shifting my mindsets to a prevention to a promotion mindset, I started up my own business. I had to take on debt for to do so. Yeah. 
And I ended up writing my book, which I kind of always wanted to write a book, but I always saw it in this distant future. I finally pulled the trigger and fortunate uh, for me is it's been able to hit the Wall Street Journal and USA Today bestseller list. So congratulations. If you would have asked me three years ago if that was a possibility, I would have said, you're out of your mind. (laughs) That's because I was thinking about life through a prevention mindset. Right. Now with more of a promotion mindset, I see the opportunities and I try to take advantage. So then in your mind, then for each of these things, there are structures that we can put put into place. Okay. And I have a similar structure that I go to bed and wake up with, you know, around mindfulness and appreciation and gratitude. And it literally changes the world just women. It's like, wow, you know, and, and again, I've always had a pretty positive mindset and it's, or, you know, and it's just become more grateful, more acknowledging, mm-hmm. more aware. And so there's frameworks and then as part of it, coaching as well, or what else makes the difference, Ryan? Well, so when somebody takes my mindset assessment or reads my book, they'll get a whole list of different activities and things that they can engage in for the different specific mindset. So if if the one that I'm hung up on is an inward mindset, well, I could focus on on some resources there. But let me walk you through quickly a little coaching exercise that I do with people. And I, I did this recently with a sales guy. And I thought you might like uh, to, awesome. to hear it. Love it. So <laughs> I met with this sales, sales guy. And I the first question I ask is, what is a goal that you have for yourself? So I want to personalize this. And also this goal serves as an anchor. So he said to me, I want to get higher profit sales. So he's saying, I'm getting a lot of sales, but not very high profit sales. Okay, said, okay great. Then the next question is, what are you currently doing or not doing that's preventing you from making higher profit sales? And so he essentially said, I'm pricing my jobs too conservatively and I'm not being aggressive enough. And I think most coaches will stop here and they'll say, well, the answer is simple. Start being more aggressive and stop being conservative. But if if it was that easy, then our job would be much easier. Absolutely. So then we've got to really drill down. So the next question then was, why are you pricing your jobs conservatively? Why aren't you being more aggressive? And his answer was really profound. So we first start with fears. Right. He was afraid of missing out on sale. Okay. Yeah. And so he was with that fear of missing out on sales. He was committed to make sales. Right. Right. So so he's got a fear and a commitment, but he's also got some underlying assumptions that are going. That one assumption is if I do a higher profit estimate, then they won't purchase from me. Absolutely. Yeah. And that is, he's seeing this as truth, mm-hmm. but, and he's not investigating it. Right. So the reality is, is that people buy for more than just money. For sure. Right. So just by charging more doesn't mean that they're not going to go with you. I mean, it may be more likely that they wouldn't go with you, but it's right. not a guarantee. And he's seeing it as a guarantee. Also, what he said was another reason why he wasn't being more aggressive is that, it, and this is an assumption, if he misses out on sales, he will be seen as a failure by his manager. Perfect. And, and so with this assumption, I had to kind of test it. You're seeing this as truth, but is it really true? If you miss out on a sale, is your manager going to judge you as not being an effective salesperson? Mm-hmm. Well, he said, yeah, no, you think about it. I mean, if I miss out on one, no. If I miss out on multiple, yeah. Well, I said, okay, well, that's right. You're exactly right. 
but you're seeing this as truth that if you right. miss out on this one sale, then you're going to be judged negatively. Right. And so we started to uncover some of these limiting beliefs. Mm-hmm. And then the, the last question that I ask is, okay, well, now that we understand these, these fears, commitments, and assumptions, what mindset is fueling all of them? And we were able to go back to his results and based upon what I know about mindsets is he has a strong fixed mindset. Right. Right. So he, his priority is around looking good. And yep. when he fails, doesn't make the sale, he internalizes that as though he is a failure. And so where we've got to start is if he's going to be, if he's ever going to start to be more aggressive and less conservative, we've got to start at that foundation. We've got to shift from a, a fixed mindset to a growth mindset, because as we do so, we change their fear. No longer right. are we afraid of looking bad. We have a fear of not growing and not developing. Exactly. And so as we shift our mindsets, we we blast through these self-limiting beliefs and fears that may be holding us back from the actual goals that we have going on. So what we're able to see through this is that his commitments to make the sale and to not look bad were causing him to self-sabotage himself. Right. Okay. But when when he wake into this, now he's got hope for a brighter future. And, right. and that was what's so cool about going through this exercise with people. Well, that's wonderful. So in terms of your your practice, you know, so you've written books, you speak, you do a bunch of coaching as well, like individualized coaching or team coaching. How do you do that? Yeah, great question. So one of the things that I'll first do is I'll do a collective mindset report. So I'll get Mm -hmm. a team or an organization or, you know, of course, individuals, I'll get their individual reports. But when I got a group together, I'll have them all take the assessment and I'll aggregate those results up to the collective level. And we could see as a group, what are our mindsets? And what does this mean about us? What does Mm -hmm. this mean about our culture? What does this mean about our future readiness? For sure. And we can have some really deep questions. So I do that and then I'll work with these groups and organizations to shift their mindset. So we've got a bunch of different tools. But then one of those things is to do more of this coaching. And we could do this at an individual level. And in fact, I actually just released an online course. It's called High Octane Mindsets. Right. And and so individuals can go through a seven-week program designed to help them shift their mindset. So we could do a coaching one-on-one or we could do the, the online course. But then also I do this with teams and it's really powerful with teams when we work through some of these exercises, because what happens is we start to understand the fears and self-sabotaging commitments that other people have. Right. So when we don't know what those are, those fears and commitments reveal themselves as resistance. And our experience working with each other just isn't very fun. But if we reveal those fears and commitments, no longer does it seem like resistance. It just seems like now we know them and now I know how to better support them. We could be more empathetic with each other. So if we've got a team where there's a lot of resistance, working through this with the team kind of wipes that away. And no longer do we be like when we have that resistance, we feel like we're a car, we're pushing a car through the mud. Right, right. Once we get rid of that resistance, now we're like this well-oiled sports car that could just fly around the track. And so right. those are three specific different ways that that uh, I work with people. 
And you just see, Ryan, you just see someone with a closed mindset and say, oh, okay, they just need some support with that. And they're struggling right now, you know, and I can imagine as well, people with their mindsets, certainly I know with my mindset, maybe when I'm tired or stressed or there's time pressure or financial pressure, my mindset may move in, you know, move backwards versus moving forward. Right. You know, For so, sure. so it's, yep. so it's like seeing that and again, not making someone wrong from it, living in the right and wrong space, but, but you know, Hey, what, where can we go next? So one thing we always love to talk about on this podcast is just, you know, biggest mistakes or failures, just because, you know, one of the things, again, about being successful in life is there's going to be a whole bunch. So what do you see as big mistakes and failures? And what did you, what did you learn from them, Ryan? To me, I think my experience with college works painting, I would say I chalk it up for one of the best life lessons that I could have Mm -hmm. gone through. Right. Partly because of the difficulties that I had with it. And I would say I was fairly successful. Like right. I made a decent amount of money. I, uh, you know, I don't remember how many homes I did. Right. But at the same time, I re- there was one particular house that was more than I could chew and right. more than I felt like I was trained to chew. For sure. And it was a huge job. I mean, it was yeah. like, for me, it was, it was three times the size of most of my other jobs. And it, it was a house that had this, it was an old house and it had this weird stucco that was over like brick. Right. And, and what was going on is they, they wanted to paint it, but they also wanted me to do stucco work. And I just didn't know how to do that oh, stucco no work very effectively. Yeah. And it ended up just, we blew through the budget and I yeah. had to go. And what I realized is I got into the job because I was self-focused. I wanted right. I, I wanted the money that I would make from it. And I didn't go into it with a customer focus because if I had, I would have said, I'm not doing this job. Because I'm not capable, right? Like doing yeah. the stucco work. I haven't been trained on this. I'm not knowledgeable on this. Yeah, I'm not comfortable yep. in this. Yeah, yeah. And I had to go down and I had to sit with the owners and I had to say, look, I know that I gave you this estimate, but even if you pay me this amount of money, my painters are only making $4 an hour. Yeah. And, and I just don't think that that's fair to them. Would you be willing to, uh, you know, add a little bit more if we up the estimate? And it was one of the, it was one of the toughest conversations that I've ever had. And yeah. I just, now that I can look back on it, I just saw how my negative mindsets got me in that situation. And if I had the positive mindsets, I would have been able to navigate it much more effectively. So chalk it up for a life lesson learned, Yeah, which was really good. You know, I still feel bad about, the customer and the product that they received. Right. Um, but, you know, I, I felt like we did try our best to to make the most of the situation. But I think one of the things that came out of it was when things are going bad, it's not worth it to blame those around you. Yes. The first place that you need to go is you need to look inward. And, and that was one of the lessons that I learned from that situation. Yeah, being 100% accountable and then go for help. And then, you know, just, you know, one thing that we'd look to do in our business is any jobs over a certain amount, we, you know, let's go look at those pictures, you know, from the district manager level, from the senior level. How is that? Is that, is that priced right? Does it make sense? Before we start, you know, let's do some easy job. And then, you know, checking in on those jobs later on with a renewed idea as we've done a bunch of work, are those well-priced? If they aren't, let's go have a conversation in advance of starting the job because because it's not too late to sort of say, Mr. and Mrs. Customer, I made a mistake. I'm not capable of doing this. You know, those are sorts of ways that we, again, we try to not have those 
you know, again, negative, but maybe it isn't those experiences. And in the end, those experiences always are going to happen. And I, I, I'm, and having done similar things and for, I managed for three years, Ryan, and every summer I had, you know, again, experiences that no one would call positive. (laughs) Right. But again, it was like, Oh yeah, I look what I learned. And, And again, I learned to have a more challenging conversation or I still remember one customer. I was like this guy, I can't remember his name. We ended up doing a job, uh, one of the wealthier areas in Toronto, very, very successful entrepreneur, painted the whole outside of the house. And like the, the guys didn't show up and it was at the end of the season and they want to go to orientation. And, and then I ended up painting it through September with my girlfriend, who was a painter with another crew. And we ended up completing the job. And at the end of it, he goes, Chris, you know, we, I love to support students and I just know now I probably need to go make sure I do the work in the middle of the summer, you know, just to make sure that the work gets done well. And I just went, you're just so amazing. Like, wow. Like, like, you know, he's looking for growth opportunities for, for sort of helping us. Uh-huh. But, you know, for me, I think, and I think what he saw is we were committed to making sure the job got done. We were committed to working through those problems and it was embarrassing, you know, like that's not how you want, but there is something to sticking through that. Right. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. You know, but if you think about, you know, back in university and now who you are today, you know, best-selling author, you know, what did you need to change about yourself? Well, I needed to do a lot of work. And <laughs> I think the reason why I focus on mindsets, because I probably have needed that work more than anybody else, is I go back on each of these, these sets of mindsets. And I was on the negative side of each of these continuums. I had a desire to look good, be right, avoid problems, and get ahead. Okay. I mean, and those became my focus. And I think I had these these as my desires because one society I felt was pressuring me there, and I didn't know that there was better desires to have. Right. But when we look at these desires, a desire to look good, be right, avoid problems, and get ahead, where's the focus? It's on ourselves. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And the better desires to have are instead of a desire to look good, we have a desire to learn and grow. Instead of a desire to be right, we have a desire to find truth and think optimally. Instead of having a desire to avoid problems, we have a desire to reach goals. And instead of a desire to get ahead, we have a desire to lift others. Right. And once I recognize that, now that I see it, is it so much easier to get over into that, move out of that self-protection mode and get into what I call organization advance mode. Right. But it's easier said than done because let's just take that fixed and growth mindset one. So instead of a desire to look good, we have a desire to learn and grow. But what that means is we have to be okay when we have a growth mindset with the idea that we're going to look bad. Yes. Yes. Right. And that's a difficult pill to swallow if we're not familiar with these mindsets. And so part of becoming a more effective version of ourselves, our more ideal selves, is being okay with putting ourselves on the back burner. Yeah. And and the only way we're going to do that is if we could shift our mindsets more towards the positive. Right, right. And again, but it's it really is kind of seeing the world as it really is or or to have that really big, you know, like for me and and I know our leaders why they tune in is is they want to have a really big contribution. They really want to make a difference in the world, right? Like that's something, that, you know, hey, so if I'm going to do that, 
I've got to expect a bunch of problems. I've got to expect it doesn't always go right. Like no kidding, yeah. right? Like, you yeah. know, again, we look at sport and we see, you know, people, people lose. We just saw the last dance, you know, Michael Jordan lost seven years in a row and, you know, and wasn't able to make his high school basketball team, et cetera, et cetera. And so it's the greatest player of all time. This is what happens. So why wouldn't we expect lots of setback, right? Just kind of yeah. get used to it. But if we don't have that mindset, we don't, we're not aware of it. And that's why, again, I love your, I love your book, you know, success mindsets. So we'll, we'll, we'll obviously send, send people there. And then, you know, what about habits? I'm a big believer in habits. What key habits have really, would some of our leaders here want to steal from you, Ryan? Yeah. So when we talk about habits, what we're, what I focus on is, is habits of integrating some of these small interventions that will activate and strengthen our positive mindset neural connection. So okay. the habit of the five minute journal for me has been game changing. Uh, meditation yes. is, I mean, if you would have asked me three years ago, if I'd be talking about meditation in a podcast, I would have said you're crazy. But now that I know the science behind meditation, what meditation does is it actually kind of breaks off the rust of the rigidity of our mindsets. Mm -hmm. It allows us to shift our mindsets more to the positive in a more effective way. So it kind of lubricates the development that, that occurs. So meditation can be a great daily practice. I think we've got to develop some time in our mornings to invest in ourselves. I think many people wake up at the last possible moment yes. to help other people. Yeah, We've got to first put something in the tank for ourselves before we go around. Also, I think an, a habit that I try is as we go throughout our day, we are transitioning from one task to another. So it may be from waking up to going to work, or maybe I'm going to do an estimate and then I'm going to do another estimate, whatever it might be. As we transition, each of those transitions is an opportunity to reset our intentions awesome. for that upcoming, whatever it is. So for me, when I am coming home from work, Rather than just get out of the car and walk into the house, and I'm not saying I'm perfect at this. No. I try to do is I just try to take a minute and say, what feelings do I want my family to have after I walk through that door? Awesome. How do I, and then how do I need to present myself such that they have those feelings? And when I could ask myself those questions, what I'm doing is I'm resetting the expectations for that next moment coming up mm -hmm. so that I could be more of the positive influence that I want to be. Love that. That's a really powerful habit, that mindfulness habit of really setting up your next activity, right? Like that's, that's wonderful. No, thanks for sharing. And I love again, how you're, you're seeing your habits as a way to structure, to sort of be in a powerful mindset, because again, everyone mindsets drive your behavior, which drive your actions, which drive your results in the world, you know? So, so we're, we're just kind of going away and hopefully what we're doing is we're starting people out on a journey where we're starting until now, we may have been not conscious to our mindsets and they operate automatically. Yes. The next step is we become conscious of our mindsets, but we may not, they still may be ingrained in us that they're still going to be automatic. Well, then we go through the process of making them less automatic and we start to take on the more positive mindsets. And the more that we do this, then we develop, we re literally rewire our brain so that our more positive mindsets then occur automatically and non-consciously. So it's this awakening process and we transition into being establishing new habits and new ways of processing the world. 
So we're just starting that journey and it, mm. it's, it's not, I think it's easier than what we anticipate, but it's still about doing some pretty deep work. So hopefully we've kind of just put our foot in the door a little bit for people to be able to do that work, giving them some resources that would help them out. I totally agree. And, and, you know, it's funny, it's just trying to think back to where I would have been, you know, back in my twenties, you know, uh, so it's, it's, it's hard to sort of see, I, I can see sport having some of those pause, more positive mindsets, but I can see again, fixed mindsets around school, you know, and looking good. Oh yeah. Swimming in that, you know, so, so it's, it's really, it's really neat, but definitely I've been, I've been about mindsets for a long time and seeing the, just the power of them and, and also the, the power and success in our organization and helping people work on successful mindsets. You know, I have one last question, but before then, did, is there anything else you'd like to leave our leaders with Ryan? Oh man, we've talked about so much. And yeah. I, yeah, I think we're good. I think the just the reality is, is that if we want to improve ourselves as a person, as a leader, we need to start with ourselves and yeah. our mindsets are our most foundational level. And I, and I don't think we, we've given it as a society enough due, partly because we don't have a framework or a structure that allows us to dive into the topic really deeply. So Hopefully we've, we've given people that, that framework and that structure. It's hidden. It's hidden, right? People, you know, it's like, okay, you know, we talk about a leader and it's hidden what their mindsets are. You know, we see their yeah. behaviors, right? Donald's behavior, um, or, or Brock's behavior, but we yeah. don't see the mindsets behind there, you know? Now, because of your study, I'm sure you could tell us, but we won't do that. <laughs> 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 Republicans, Democrats, all great people. So, yes. Uh, so yes, you know. So, so if you think of a leader of tomorrow, what comes to mind? Yeah. So, a leader of of tomorrow, and, and let me just preface this by saying, I, when I do my collective mindset reports, I've probably done it with eighty, I don't know, to a hundred different groups. The group that is always the most negative is my college students. Ah. Those, and I, I, I've got some reasons, you know, why that might be. And I think it's largely because they're coming out of their teenage years and they're trying to live life on their own. And what matters is number one. Yeah. And when we're so focused on number one, we're in this self-protection mode. And so if we want to become the leaders of tomorrow, we've got to get out of that self-protection mode. So we've got to become focused on learning and growing, finding truth and thinking optimally, reaching goals and lifting others. And if those things can be our priority, what we're going to be doing is we're going to become more of the people that other people want to follow. We're going to be improving our being and naturally the doing will take care of itself. I, I just think that too often we say, what do I need to do to be better? Well, if we do better and our mindsets stay the same, our efforts to do better are going to continually be resist by, resisted by our prevailing mindset. So a much more effective way of developing ourselves and a much more natural way of developing ourselves is starting first with our mindsets. Yeah. As we shift those forward, we'll see the world better, we'll think better, we'll behave better, we'll be more successful. Love it. Love it. Well, hey, Ryan, again, I'm just so fortunate to have bumped into you. I'm sure we will speak again. Uh, I, I really uh, thank you for your contribution to the Leaders of Tomorrow podcast. Continued success and, and enjoy your day. No, thank you so much. If people want to take the mindset assessment for free, that's on my website and really appreciate being on and for you trusting me to put me in front of your audience. 
Oh, fantastic. No, and I'm going to go do a shout out and put it in the show notes so everyone knows where you can reach uh, again for this mindset information. So thanks so much. Yeah, thank have, you. Have a fantastic day. Likewise. Bye-bye. Hey, leaders. I hope you enjoyed this episode. By now, you are aware that we work with ambitious students every single year to not only help them run their first successful business, but to further their development as a leader and give them an unfair advantage in the future over their counterparts. It's why starting now and only for the next few weeks, we'll be on campuses across Ontario, Quebec, and the East Coast interviewing students who think they have what it takes to start their first business and get started down the path of entrepreneurship. If you think you have what it takes or know someone who might be interested, visit leaderspodcast.ca slash apply and start your application process today. Once again, it's leaderspodcast.ca slash apply. And I can't wait to see you on the other side.